Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Yeah. Yes, sir. Sir, we're here in Salt Lake City for All Star 2023. Of course, you got us four from Through the Wire, and we got a special guest today, Meta. Welcome to the show, my guy. Appreciate you coming through, man. Hey, can we make hey, some noise for Meta World Peace real yes, quick? Thank you, thank you. Look at the love in Salt Lake, man. Appreciate Look at the love. Salt Lake City. And before, before we start, Let's make some more round of applause for Salt Lake City, man. Been a beautiful host to us. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank y'all, thank y'all. Amazing crowd tonight, amazing crowd. D-Mills, go ahead, kick it off, man. Hey, Meta, how would you say All Star Weekend's been treating you so far? How's it been? It's, it's been great. You know, it's, I came to quite a few. I only played in one. I went to Charlotte. It was cold, I remember. <laughs> yep. I went to Chicago. You went to Chicago? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. Chicago was cold. Negative two degrees. It was freezing. And this one, it started out cold. I was sick for the first two days. Mm. So I had to stay in the bed for two days. Right. And now I'm back. Here we <laughs> yeah. are. Here we are. We a little we're a little used to the weather, so we ain't we ain't complaining yeah. too much. Shot town a little worse. <laughs> it's all it's all good. I wanna kick things off from the beginning. I'm a huge basketball fan, been watching you all my life. That was a part part time in my life where I thought I was going to the NBA. Nineteen ninety seven, McDonald's All American. I wanna talk about the recruitment process of you getting to St. John's. I know you're from New York. But I always like to hear how the recruitment process was going for a lot of different players. So can you walk us through yours? Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, junior year, I was ranked maybe like 50, okay. something like that. By the end of my senior year, I, I was like 24. So I went to the McDonald game. But that whole time, I was getting letters, you know, from colleges. Um, I was going to actually go to Miami. Because oh, wow. I was going to uh, major in architecture. So I went to uh, Miami and uh, Notre Dame because my major was architecture, but St. John's is New York City. Yes. And then Sham God Wells went to um, Providence. Yes. So I had to go, I went to go visit Providence, but ultimately I wanted to try to win a title in New York. Okay. So that's why I stayed at St. John's. Yeah, St. John's for me growing up, and I don't, I don't know if they still do this, but I remember one of the uh, allures when I used to watch as a kid, Y'all used to play at Madison Square Garden. That was like mm -hmm. a, a thing and on, yeah. that, on that main stage. So that was that was dope. That's dope there. So Miami, just because of the architect or because of the weather, 305? No, because they, Miami University has a great architect program. Okay. You know, so, and Notre Dame also, great architect program. So since so you were thinking about majors, you probably weren't thinking about the league, right? You was trying to go for the education part. I was thinking about both. Okay. <laughs> Smart man. Yeah, I was thinking about both, but when I was turning in my projects for architecture, it was too hard. You know what I'm saying? I had to go turn in, you know, these uh, models and then go to practice and then try to take that after practice. Right. And I like to practice for four hours, two hours after practice. Right. It was way too hard. Right, right, right. So I had to drop it at St. John's. <laughs> All right, so, so get into the league. What would you say, what did you say is like your biggest adjustment that you had to focus on? I think the biggest adjustment was the instant, mm -hmm. you know, cash and and fame, not everybody ready for that. <laughs> I wasn't. I was in Chicago partying right. on 79th and Halston. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Get to it. Get to man. It. What was yeah, your first man. big purchase when you got that bag? But actually, I never, I never was a guy to buy anything. Oh, really? Yeah, I never even had an expensive, you know, an expensive car. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was more about my family. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I never, I never had it. I bought four cars for 100 grand. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> One time, it was an old Tahoe and an old Benz. Ain't nothing wrong with being a giver. You like to take care of your people that took care of Families first. Yeah, 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 for sure. So you got to Chicago in the post-Jordan era. 
where things was all crazy. I think your, your second year in Chicago, you had three different coaches. You yeah. had a coach, you got fired, you got an interim coach, and you got a new guy coming in. Yeah. Uh, what was it like basically playing in like Chicago post, post the GOAT, you know what I'm saying? It was crazy because y'all know Jerry Krause, so. Yes. Jerry had those six titles, but he always wanted that, that, that one more without, without MJ. So that's what I came in at. <laughs> and I'm super competitive, so, you know, Jerry Krause is like, we're going to, I love Jerry, RIP Jerry Krause. And I love Michael Jordan, too. So shout out to Michael Jordan. But Jerry was like, you know, we're going to get that one, and it's going to wipe out all six. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So my mindset was like, all right, <laughs> let's get this one. <laughs> Is that first year y'all won, what, 15 games or so? Yeah, first year was 15. The next year, I think, it was 13. It was, it was, it was, it was hard. Rough. It was rough. Yeah, what's it, it, was what's rough. it like being in a locker room or on a team when you win, like when you're winning 15 games? We talk about a lot of times where a lot of players get critiqued. Yeah. And I'll be up here saying, like, it's hard to lock in, especially on the defensive side of the basketball, when you're only winning 13 games. How is a player going to show you his defensive value in game 76 when you only won 13 games? <laughs> right. That's true. But what I would do is just always lock up. You know, um, I thought I was ready for the playoffs my rookie year. Mm -hmm. okay. I was, uh, my defense was crazy, but we only was winning like, 13 games. And then, you know, uh, post-Jordan, it was hard. Everybody was old. Tony Kukoc got hurt yep. the first year, so that was kind of hard. And then... Um, but we did have a good team. Mm -hmm. We did have a good team. What was the draft process leading to you getting selected by the Bulls? Did you know you were going to a Bull the Bulls? We hear a lot about, I thought I was going here and I ended yeah. up going there. I never worked out for them. I want, well, under, under my jersey, well, under my suit on draft night, I had a Nick jersey on. Go Knicks, go Knicks, I'm a big Nick fan. <laughs> and the Knicks didn't pick me, so you know how I felt. Yeah. about that right i was ready to just be like new york city <laughs> queensbridge the hood we in the building but i went to chicago which is like still cool yeah. and i was in you know i was at cabrini green sometimes robert taylor project sometimes yep. yeah that's the first thing i did was go to the hood when i hit to chicago hey that's what that's love because because i mean obviously the chicago gets a rep for, yes. you know what i'm saying yes. so to have athletes and people that, that have value more than just a normal person to go back there and just give back and talk to the people and stuff. And you probably inspired a bunch of people just by showing up. Yeah, because I was always, I, I love to, I'm from Queensbridge, and I'm like obsessed with like the streets and from, from many different angles. You know, I feel like there's so many talented people and I always got to be close to the, to the hood. So the Chicago, I, I was going there really to let them know like, you know, we gonna, we gonna uh, make a difference and a change. Right, and you, somebody you can relate to is right here, you know. Um, and I, I did that everywhere actually, but but now I do a little different. You know, I try to inspire with through entrepreneurship programs. Right. And, you know, when you're 19, you don't even know. You're just going in, blowing blowing it down. You know, mm -hmm. um, kind of erratic. What's some of the similarities you saw between New York hoods and Chicago hoods? Uh, definitely, people know each other and. Everybody's just trying to survive. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, luckily, you know, Mob Deep from Queensbridge. Yes. So we had something to relate to. So yep, yep. with me being in Chicago, 
You know, mm -hmm. it was just like, yo, you from Queensbridge. It was right. like that. You know? Rest in peace, prodigy. Right. Yeah, rest in peace, prodigy. You, you, had a, you had a lot of, like, just crazy numbers throughout your journey. And I, I recently read that you had 37 because of Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. Now, is that true? Now, I just want to hear some of the inspiration because, like, 93, 91, players don't wear those numbers. Yeah, yeah man. So I always, well, when I went to the Lakers, you know, Michael Jackson album was uh, number one, 37 straight weeks. Oh. Wow. Okay. And I was just trying to do something great. You know, I wanted to win a title, so I said, man, I got to think great. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, that's, that was, like, the ultimate. Right. 37 weeks, wow. number one is kind of crazy. That is ridiculous. <laughs> He's a big Laker fan. I'm the Laker fan. And I also want to ask you, too, you could ask these guys, I always talk about this dude, Andrew Bynum. Yeah. I just want to ask you, what, what was you think his potential was? Because it was kind of sad to see him go through injuries and kind of just fall out, but I thought he was going to be, like, a, a superstar. Yeah, Andrew Bynum probably would have been a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I mean... Nobody could stop him but Yao Ming. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And I and when he um, our last year together, he was doing numbers like 26 and 18. Yep. Yeah. They couldn't guard him left hand, right hand, jumper, free throw. And I felt like he don't get enough credit at all. That's what I'm saying, man. He, he was one of my favorites. Credit. He was one of my favorites. Yeah. Let's we go we gonna bounce around a lot because we definitely gotta talk about Indiana. I wanna talk about Sacramento, but LA. How did you get to, because I understand the allure of playing with Kobe. Kobe recruited you, championship, but y'all won 50 games the year before with Houston. And obviously, Tracy McGrady got hurt. That hurt the, 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 the title hopes or whatnot. But y'all still had a good team. How did you walk away from a 50-win team that had Tracy McGrady, Yao Ming, and yourself? Well, I didn't walk away. I'm really competitive. <laughs> so we lost. I don't want to go to my competitor. Right, so when I, during, during free agency, I wanted to go to Detroit, Indiana first. Okay, go back. Right, so, but that couldn't work out. But then I was going to Detroit. I wanted to go to the Lions then. <laughs> and um, they said that, you wait, know. Wait, you wanted to go to Detroit after everything that went down? <laughs> right. Know, I was trying to go, I wanted to go to the Lions then. I respect that, I respect it. That's you know a, what I'm saying? That's a different monster. Yeah, I wanted to go to the Lions then, but they, 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 it wasn't me, it was them. Okay. But, I, you know, they didn't want me, and then, Houston didn't bring me back. Oh, okay. So then I tried to go to Greece. Okay. Oh, wow. I didn't want to play with anybody. <laughs> and right, then so Kobe, ring, ring? It wasn't Kobe. That's my, but I got a call. I only had one option, really, and that was the Lakers. But I wanted, I, I, I love, I'm, I'm grateful, but I want people to, I'm, I'm super competitive. <laughs> yeah. I'm super competitive, so I wasn't, I didn't just try to choose to play with the best. So being a Laker and being able to play with Kobe, would you say being Kobe's teammate isn't for the weak of heart? Seems like he's a guy that's very hard, that he could sometimes be hard to play with. I love Kobe because we're, our first practice, we were a clash. Oh, really? Uh, I can so see you, it. You was, you was guarding him in practice? You... But he was playing very well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is there... He was playing very well, but you know, the, the competitive nature was incredible. Who are, some of incredible. The, who are some of those other players that just carried that intensity all the time? Um, I think... Uh, a lot of great players, man, like Ben Wallace. Oh, for Ooh. sure. Carl Malone, we in Utah. Some people could sustain Westbrook. Shout out to I Russ. Mean, as he's getting older, he's not as athletic, but well, he got that energy. Um, yeah, few do you, people. Do you think Westbrook's situation could just be because he's on the Lakers playing with LeBron? And just because when you looked at him was. two years ago, was on the Lakers plan. Technically, he's in Utah <laughs> right now. Technically, he still yeah. ain't been bought out yet. He's a jazz. If he goes to the Wizards or the Bulls or something that like he's linked to, do you think he could show his flashes of what he could still be? I, I like Russell. I thought 
his career is better than mine. One thing we have in common is being a third option or a fourth option on a team. Okay. A, a good team. So when you're playing with AD and LeBron, they, you know, they, they the franchise. Yeah. Yes. Even though you're still making 40 plus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so for you, what you know? was that adjustment like? Because obviously you were an all-star defensive player. Here, it was tough. And eventually you had to get to be the fourth guy. It was tough because I went from averaging like 20, 25 in the playoffs against the Lakers to averaging like eight points. Right. Okay. The next year, and you know, playing with Kobe, I was 29 in my prime, and then I was never able to, you know, do what I, you know, just do me. But he did pass the ball to you. But I, I had a good moment. <laughs> For me, I just, I, I'm curious to see from a player's perspective, perspective, what is that Lakers-Celtics rivalry like when you're not, when you weren't drafted by the Lakers, so like, when you get there and you're going to the finals, going against the Celtics, what is that rivalry like? You know what's crazy about that one? Um, I didn't realize the rivalry until we won. Okay. Because really? this is my first year, and all, all I'm really thinking about is like winning a title. Because I don't have one at this point. Yeah. And then I'm thinking LeBron James is probably going to be in the championship. Right. I wasn't really that thinking was, about the Celtics. That was supposed to be the Kobe versus Brian year in yes. the finals, yes. man. I'm kind of happy I didn't play against him in the finals. <laughs> that was your assignment, right? That would have been your assignment. Yeah, oh, hey, for sure. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> who's yeah. the tougher every, assignment? Every one. <laughs> I'm curious, who's the tougher assignment, Kobe or LeBron? Uh, I think uh, they they pose different problems. Um, I think it's about even. Yep. LeBron is faster and stronger, and he's playing the game. Mm -hmm. He's controlling everybody. Yeah. Whereas Kobe's just going to kill you. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's two different problems. You playing against LeBron, physicality, and also his mind, yeah. which is kind of difficult. Staying on the topic of defense, yesterday we had media day. I was going around to the elite scorers in the NBA, and I was asking them, what are the reads they're trying to make when they're matched up with other elite defenders? So I want to flip the question for you. Yeah. And as an elite defender, what are you trying to read when you're matched up with an elite offensive player? The, the main thing is conditioning. So what I used to do, what I used to do to some players is I'll just guard them and make them run to the basket for layups, and they get tired. Wow! <laughs> you like they, beat them they, to they the got no legs in the fourth quarter, yeah. and my conditioning was supreme. So I just then at the fourth quarter I'm shutting it all down. Okay. okay. You know they can't, they can't out, they couldn't outlast. How, how did you condition yourself to make sure that you had an extra step on a Tracy McGrady or Paul Pierce or Kobe Bryant? Because I got to imagine that they was, they thought that they was top tier condition as well. So <laughs> what are you doing in the off season to give yourself an edge? Well, you always trying to gain an inch. Mm -hmm. And I don't see nobody. I don't know what they doing, but I know what I'm doing. Right. You know, I'm just running, running all in the summertime. Everything running. So by the time I'm playing, I'm able to do, you know, post up or offense, anything go back. There's a lot of people that didn't guard me. <laughs> There's a lot of people that didn't guard me that I had to guard them. But I say that um, because I'm grateful, not like going at anybody. That's because I'm grateful to have the opportunity. Right. Why are we on this topic of defense? Obviously, the game has evolved a ton since your defensive player of the year year, yeah. where it feels like the it's a lot geared towards rim protection more than perimeter defense. And when you watch the games today, do you get, do you think about like, man, back in my day, things were a little bit different? Or how, how do, what is your perspective on defense and basketball in 2023? I think right now, 2023, 2020, is back to being physical. So this is great for me as a coach. Um, in 2015, 
It was a little soft. Remember 2015? Yeah. Oh yeah. 2018? Yes. Ugh. <laughs> Couldn't breathe on nobody. I still I feel like, that way a little bit today. <laughs> I'm surprised to hear you say that because sometimes I still kind of feel that way in today's game just a little bit in the current time where it's like, Especially with the scoring outputs. Guys are getting to the free throw line 27 times. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's, it happened in, in every era, but still today is kind of like a little floppy. It is. You know? It is. It's, I think because um, the, 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 everybody wants it. They want high scores. They want to bet. And they want to gamify. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they want it to be fun and more high scoring. So, which is working. Every, you know, the value is up everywhere. How much would you say it is that the players have learned to manipulate the rest? and actually draw out fouls and learn how to act, pretty much. You know what they should do? Make refs play basketball. <laughs> Wait, what like, you, you should have to play once a week, yeah. full court. Well, we got Smush. Smush is Smush trying to get into Because the they can't play ball, man. <laughs> they start panicking when it's a cold. <laughs> how would you feel about former players being NBA refs? I, I love the refs, too. They're my friends. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing. How, how would you feel about former players being NBA refs? I, I like it. Um, I mean, I, I do feel. I mean, it's a great opportunity. Yeah. For former players, mm -hmm. but I, I do. I do believe the refs should play basketball. Yeah. You, should, you know, you should go out there and have to play basketball. Go once a week. Go to the YMCA, right? And let's see what you got. <laughs> as, <Right>? a, so, <laughs> as a as an OG of the game, what do you think the the disconnect or just like what changed about players not wanting to like? You don't see players go 82 games or just want to play through injury and stuff like that. You see a lot of sitting out. What do you think that would change? I think it's hard to play when you're getting $50 million a year. <laughs> Let's just keep it real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, what are you going to do? Right. Like they should, you know what they should do is allow players to go on vacation during the season. Really? Like, you know, two days. You know, you got two days Pull, a, pull a Dennis Rodman. Rodman did it. Pull it. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. It paid off, didn't it? It paid off. Yeah. It paid off. No, but that, I think it's... Um, Back in the days, we, we had to play. We was playing on concrete in the summertime as a pro. Right. And going through the summer, going back to the season. So, But I feel like they have so many different data, analytics, all these different machines. Yeah. I mean, you don't need all these machines, man. <laughs> How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the analytical part of the game in today's era, I would say? Well, one, I would say data analytics is very important in life, in business, entrepreneurship. So everybody should be applying data and analytics to their life. But when it comes to the game, you know, um, I think you got, it's a feel. Like, you can't really measure Derek Fisher heart. Right, yeah. That's a fact. Really, That's a fact. It's hard to see how big it is. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so. I always say that I was taught, my father taught me the game very simple. You take what's ever given. Yeah. So it's like when you try to apply analytics or something like that, you're not really playing a natural, you know, reactive game. It's, oh, you shoot this, that, from the left, get to the left, versus, hey, he's taking my left away, I'm going right. right he's right, giving right, me space, right, right. I shoot. He's crowding, I go around. It's like so. playing spades. It's like, you, you can't see the rules. You just I mean, <laughs> analytics is like a, a viewer thing. Anybody I've talked to that actually played the game always says analytics is not very important to them because they're living the life. They're playing right. the game. Mm -hmm. So to hear you say that just makes a lot of sense to I me. I mean, I don't know. The Houston Rockets definitely died Darryl on Moore. analytics. Darryl, Darryl, Darryl Moore, Moore specifically. Yeah, Daryl Moore definitely lived and died on those analytics. And the no, threes were he, three he definitely layups. died on those three points and layups, for Facts. sure. 
I mean, you got to have a mid-range game, man. For sure. Yeah, have, it's important. Have, it's so yeah, important. you got to have a mid-range game. got to have a mid-range game. The mid-range game is coming back. It seems like a lot of people's taking them. I mean, a lot of people are learning that this is still an easy bucket. Mm-hmm. Easy yeah. bucket. Yeah. Very easy. KB, take it back to Indiana, man. Let's get, let's get, let's get back. I love Indiana. Indiana, you, you end up there after the time of Chicago, obviously. Didn't go perfectly. I always wonder, I don't know if I asked you this last time we chatted, what happened for you to just spend a few years in Chicago as a young, promising player to, to basically get traded in, what, year three? So what, what happened in that time period? What you mean? Oh, year three, year three. Oh, yeah, so I was getting in trouble. <laughs> was, that makes sense. That makes sense. I was going to, like, one day, Bill Cartwright came to my room. I love Bill Cartwright. And he said, hey, yo, I need you to act right so we don't trade you. I don't want to move you. And I, at this point, my game was getting tighter. But then I made another mistake. Then they just traded me. Uh, what is it like being traded? I was traded? in a lot of trouble. What is it like being traded? What was your reaction when you saw you were getting traded? Well, you know, I, I was hurt because I like to win. Yeah. Even in high school, like, we, went, we went everywhere. Yeah. And to lose, like, that don't feel good. And then also not to do it in Chicago because Michael Jordan was my favorite player. Okay. So the day that I got traded, I reflected on all the mistakes that I made. That was a hard day. It was like a self-realization. A you just had to look yourself in the mirror. Can yeah. You? But those days, yeah. those days, like, they prepare you for going forward, don't they? Well, um, when you're young, you don't know that. Yeah, that's, a, that's yeah, true. Yeah, when you're young, you're just yeah. stuck in that, exactly. in that mind. Right. Yeah, but, but when you get older, yeah, everything's preparing you to move forward. Can what you would, walk us through the, the the day of being like what is what is being traded actually like especially in that time because today you got social media with i'll be hearing players say hey man i, I found out the same <laughs> way y'all did yeah, i was yeah. on twitter and it popped up what is that process for you are you getting a call from the agent giving you a warning is it just falling up on you do you move are you on a plane the next hour like what is that whole process yeah um you, you don't know you find out on espn oh wow oh, wow okay. that happens all the time which yeah i don't really get it I always would think I would get a phone call. Right, right. But now you'll just see it on TV or somebody will text you and say you traded. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And just like that, it's gone. You, yeah, you, you're, you're done. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you might be, you know, at a restaurant, finish your food, you know. Finish your breakfast. Get up out of there. After. Yeah. What would be your advice to young players as someone who did go through all that and learn from your mistakes? What would your advice be to young players coming into the league today? Man, I would say... Um, study finance, study real estate, um, learn it inside out because you're in the money business now. Okay. And it's a good thing. You know, it's a great time, right? So you got an opportunity to just go to the next level. So I would say, you know, focus on your family and just get in the money business, yeah. <laughs> right? Just study finance because that's who you are. <laughs> You, you, mentioned business the, now. you mentioned the business of it. And, and so far this, in Salt Lake City, we've seen a few people make comments about the ownership or previous ownerships about it not being about basketball but being more about money. Did you get that feel as a player that, like, this team isn't built to win, it's built to make money? Yeah, for sure. Like, it was times where I thought, even in Chicago, I should have been starting, I think. You know? Um, and But it is a business. Like, if you're gonna run your business, you're gonna you're gonna do a financial model, mm-hmm. right? You're gonna run analytics, and you're gonna say, okay, you gotta stick to the business plan. You go away from the business plan; it's not a business. So, I got to imagine the NBA has a business plan, right? <laughs> and the teams, and but everybody's making money, 
You know what I'm saying? So if everybody's making money, you can then use that capital, right, to then go own a team. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right? So I think the NBA is a platform. I mean, it's a little give and take. I do believe it, it is a player's league, but the owners are the ones masterminding, right. you know, the business. What clicked in Indiana? What, what was so special about that team and that group that had y'all playing at the level y'all was playing? One of my, one of my favorite non-championship teams, if I must say so myself. Love that team. Man, great team. Yeah. Yeah, I, that team was incredible because even the year before that, me and Al Harrington was a two and a three, so we actually came out 16 and one the year before that. Wow. Then when Reggie Miller came back, um, then we kind of, but me and Al was so big. Yeah. At the two and the three, so yeah. then the next year, me and Steve, Jermaine O'Neal in the back. I forgot how good those yeah, that was some good teams. Man. Yeah, that did. What was it like playing with Jermaine O'Neal? Very dominant. Jermaine Very was a dominant player, incredible. I, I mean, both of us, defense and offense. Mm -hmm. He got better, I got better. <laughs> one, one year, I just came back cooking. <laughs> everybody was like, so then we, our team was like, everybody dogs, too. Yeah. In practice, everybody was just like pit bulls. Was one of the goals in Indiana to help Reggie get that one? Yeah, that was, that was, I, I take a lot of ownership on that because I feel like I could have got a title with Indiana, right. which Reggie would have had a title. But, you know, I still support the organization and I'm really hoping they get a title one day. Right, yeah. Because I'm going to, it's going to live through me. <laughs> I'm, or I'm living through it. Right. Yeah. How do you feel about current day Pacers? You love, um, you loving the current day Pacers roster? I mean, I'm, I'm not really paying attention as much. Okay. To the players. I know they had a trade, but. Um, I'm paying attention to the organization. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not watching a lot of basketball. <laughs> okay. I mean, would you think? I mean, you you were such like versatile just defensively. Do you think you would be better in today's game? Well, I, I think um, if, if you put me at the five with another somebody six six, yeah, that's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah. So it would have been. It would have been. I thought I would. I would have had fun. I don't know if I would have been the best, but I would have been doing my thing for right. sure. Do you think it would have been significantly harder with all the isolation plays that we run now? And there is like open space, and now you just got to go one on one against the three ball handlers. That's great. That's <laughs> one on one ISO. You know, you look towards it all. 260 small forward. They can. That's incredible. That's one jab step to the basket. Okay. Every single time. That was that was <laughs> an underrated part of your game to me. I remember when you went to Sacramento, and I remember turning on ESPN, and I'm like. He can buckets. Hey. That ain't that, yeah. that, I knew you because of defense, but in Sacramento, I felt like you turned it up offensively. Well, I was I was 25, 20. I was in my in my prime, right. approaching my prime. That was yeah. who was it like in Sac? Sac Town. Sac. I played great. In, I played great in Sac. I really love Sac. Um, first year we took them to the playoffs. Yeah. That was the last time they made it. Yeah, yeah they gonna until, make it again. Until this year. Until, until this year. year. Sac Town. But it was great. I played well. It was the only time I averaged 20 points. Yeah. <laughs> it's in Sacramento, so I was like. That was pretty cool. I remember you told a story on how you came in the sack out of shape. What happened to where you did come in significantly out of shape? Yeah, well, when I got when I got suspended, um, I thought I was gonna come back. Yeah. At some point, and then it was for the whole year. Oh wow. So I just got super depressed. Okay. Okay. I I rather them take the money than take the games, you know. Yeah. And I asked them. I said, please take the money. I don't. I just want to play. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, I, I couldn't play. So when I came back the next year, I was still struggling. And then I just started gaining weight. Yeah. 
by the time I got the sack, I was 273. Oh my God. I, I normally play at two. I was 248 at that time. Okay. How, how hard is it to maintain a playing weight during an entire 82 game season? Uh, it's not hard. You okay. don't you know, stay away from alcohol and stay away from like fried food, you know, uh, different things like stay away from like too much processed cereal. Right. Eat healthy. Yeah, it's it fairly Did you have easy. a chef back then? Or like a lot of NBA players yeah. now, they have chefs. You had one too? Yeah, back then the same thing. Okay. Because you're moving around a lot. Your wife is like probably taking care of the kids. Right. Yeah. You got all the stuff you got to do. Favorite you meals. You don't got time to cook eggs. What was your favorite meals to have? <laughs> My favorite what? Favorite meals. Oh, beans and rice. Beans, beans and rice? rice? That's yeah. a classic. Beans and rice. In a Kidney black beans home. and rice. Yes. You get my big fella going right now. <laughs> Whenever mama make beans and rice, it's a good time. With cornbread too? Yeah. Oh, nah. Um, that's regular. Oh, okay. Bland. Bland, okay. <laughs> now, now, were you a crazy trash talker or you just like to stay locked in? I just lock up. That did enough talking. So who who, who was the who was the, uh, the best trash talker to you then? I would say Paul Pierce. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I can wow. see Paul Pierce is incredible. Paul Pierce still talked to this day. To this day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was probably, we had a couple others. Gary Payton, but I was at the tail end yeah, of right. his career. But I would say Paul. Okay. Who was, so we got obvious guys from that era that I know was tough matchups, the Colby's, the McGrady's, Paul Pierce. Who was a, no disrespect when I ask this, by the way, who was a random guy that we wouldn't guess that when you had the guard, you like, damn, here, here I, I got to deal with this dude tonight. Well, really, nobody. <laughs> like, I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. But it was people I had problems with, like LeBron. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, LeBron, I look forward to it, but the problem was he's just so good. Right. Yeah. And that was young I couldn't Brown. really do much with the exception of maybe 25% of the time. It's hard to stop a pass first player. Solid, huh? Would you say it's very hard to stop a pass first player? Initially, you know, I was I was locking down shoot first players. Yeah. So he was a fast pass first, but then he he, he can cut. Yep. And he can shoot, and he got skills. Right. So you guarding a complete player at 17 years old. Did you feel like he was gonna end up where he is now when you played him when he was younger? Um, I wasn't really thinking about it at that time because um, he was my competitor. Right. So I wasn't thinking about his future, but. Um, if he played like that against me, he must be really good because there's a lot of Hall of Famers that wasn't able to quite get over the, the challenge of me. So, so let, let, let's talk about that. Who are some people that you feel like you just locked down? I can't say names. Oh, oh my God. I respect that. I respect that. I respect okay. Because I just don't think it's, I would have to call some people and then say, y'all, I want to show some clips. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay with that? Right, right. <laughs> but I'd rather not say anything. But the footage is out there. Y'all can go do the research yourself. If you want to see sure. him lock up, it's out there. It's out there sure. for sure. Is there, is there one of your, we don't got to say names, but maybe a defensive moment where you like, man, that game, I held it down. Yeah, I did a lot, man. I used to hold people to two points and like, you know, Ooh, seven I, points. I got a, I got a game in mind. I'm not gonna say no names, but when you just said that, I know, I know what's going on. I know what's going on. My, 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 the year I got defensive player of the year was crazy because, you know, all small foes they only averaged six points. That's I was locking up. That's on average. That is crazy. That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't even know until somebody told me. I'm like, I'm like, damn. <laughs> Do you but feel it like was more, that type of defense. You feel like more perimeter guys should be getting more defensive player of the year awards than the anchoring centers. 
with it being a perimeter-centric game? It's just, you just got to be a good defender. You got to, at your position, just shut it down. Yeah. Yeah, shut it down. And you see Marcus Smart. I was really happy to see yes. him win it. Yes, yes. I was really happy to see him win it. Two things. Do you have a favorite defender in today's – well, you said you don't really watch that much. So I guess – I mean, I can, I can tell you some players that I like. Like, I watched last year, and I know okay. they still playing. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a favorite defender or anybody that you see yourself in in today's game? I like Kawhi. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, Kawhi was the older. I like him because he locked up and he played offense. Right. Yeah. It's just incredible. Any quiet, you know, do no talking. Yeah, ain't no talking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I, like I like his game. Whenever we talk to NBA players, they say one of the most underrated guys is Drew Holiday, just because of what he does on the defensive side of the ball. Well, yeah, I hear a lot about Drew Holiday. Yeah. But I, I wasn't really watching a lot of defenders, honestly. Okay. And I didn't even watch a lot of basketball, so I don't know who's the great defenders until somebody tells me. Then I go watch the game. What was that? Hope. What was that like for you though, from being a player to now where you don't watch it as much or keep up? I coach a lot. Okay. So I can. So you're still in, in the game, you're just I'm not in with the NBA. Game. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I can put a squad together and, and run through some teams for sure. We might need us a coach. We be doing a little hoping ourselves. <laughs> I'm just for not real. watching all the time. We we need our big fella to to, to get motivated, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm coaching. Uh, I coach girls. I coach Cal State LA. Okay. In okay. LA Division Two, and um. We're playing very well, so look out for us. Okay. Okay. Yeah, look out for us. Division two tournament starting in two weeks. Are we there? Oh, yeah. I'm check it out. I'm gonna check you out. <laughs> we definitely playing well. What's what? the X's and O's like of the game now that from being a former player and now being a coach? How has that been for you right now? I love it. Is it the game is easy. Okay. You know the stars are already aligned. Stay in your spot. Move together like a like fighter jets. Don't go too fast. Don't go too slow. Have a great time. I'm going back to text my mom. I see you in the fourth quarter. Right? <laughs> Give responsibility. Yeah. The game is not too complicated. I don't have to coach these guys. Yeah. Just listen. We do training camp. And go have a good time. Go win the game. How important is it for coaches to make sure they get their players along, like a leash? Not to be super strict. Allow them to make mistakes and allow them to grow as players and not when a mistake happens, come sit next to me. I mean, I understand it. Yeah. But sometimes you got to give a leash. And in America, we're not training our bigs anymore. Oh. There's a few like Anthony Davis. But in America, we got a leash on all the bigs. Yeah. It's like the bigs are like dinosaurs. They extinct. You can find right. their bones in Utah mountains. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like they still walk the earth. Yeah. So you got to take time to, to train the bigs like Popovich, like with Carlisle. But not now. They're playing smalls. But our bigs in America is like they're getting the short end of the stick right now. And what do you think, why do you think that's the case? We're like the international bigs. I mean, we got a ton right Jokic now between B. Jokic and B, Sabonis, Sabonis Porzingis, you know, all of these guys come into the league and start to play really well. What, what is the disconnect between American teaching the bigs to international? I think the coaches got to loosen up. Mm. Let your big clumsily center dribble the ball. Okay. <laughs> it's not life or death. Right. It's just one possession. Right. Okay. Right? So throughout the game, you want to you want to improve them throughout the game in a regular season, you know, like teach them things, so then next year they better at it. Right. We heard Kareem say that after LeBron broke the record, he was like, "Man, I felt like I got overcoached because I'm seeing all these bigs do all these different things, and I didn't have that freedom." He's like, "Get your big ass down to the and rim." That's and that's from Kareem. That's from Kareem. Yeah. That's wow. He said that, huh? Yeah. Wow. Man, it's true. I think it's important to give people freedom. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? And then you apply it to the game, yeah. right? You got to apply it to the game. And, and so as a coach, it makes your job easier when you have a big that can do multiple things that opens up the offense, that makes it makes it easier for your point guard as well. Yeah. And it's more fun for the fans, too. Yeah. Thanks. How, did, how, how did you escape that growing up? Because usually when you grow up and you're taller, I'm a taller gentleman, so when I grew up, they always tried to just throw me at the center. How did you, how did you escape that and be able to have guard-like skills as a six-seven wing instead of being a, a big? I worked on it because I was playing center the whole time, so I wasn't getting no reps. So I said, you know what? I got to keep working on my game. So I was able to play point guard at times. Okay. I could have played point plenty of times, um, but my, my handle was. You know, you wasn't just gonna come up on me and just like, take, <laughs> you know, take the ball. Yeah. You know, um, but I worked on it. If I needed it, I'd use it. But I was at the small forward, so you know. Yeah, back then it was just in the guard. NBA, you got a you got a nice guard in the NBA. You just give it to the guard. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> now everybody got free. There's so many point forwards in today's game. Yeah. Do whatever. Yeah. While we're on the topic of, of international, you played a few years internationally. Yeah. What do you think the differences were for you? Um, versus the NBA and what was you played in China for a year and Italy and Italy what what was the transition like for you it was cool I, I always wanted to play overseas even in 2010 actually 2004 I was trying to go to Greece right <laughs> they, they didn't believe me <laughs> but I always wanted to play overseas um, Russia <laughs> um, Serbia Croatia that is a amazing enriching basketball I always wanted to play over there, and playing in Italy gave me that chance to say, I did it. I played FIBA. Right. It was great. So Luca once said that it's easier to score in the NBA than it is overseas. Is that true? Well, I was a little upset about that. Luca said that, right? Yes, yeah, he did. I love Luca. Um, when he said that, I, I, I retweeted something, and I was just like, man, is anybody going to say something? <laughs> <laughs> any, is any American going to say something, man? But I kind of understood where he's coming from. But that goes back to our development program here in America. We gotta, you know, we gotta develop our players. We gotta give our young teenagers the opportunity to play with grown people. Right. Because okay. overseas, a lot of the teenagers are playing against our pros here. Right. Because yeah. they going overseas. Could you also? But see here, that's not happening. Yeah. Could Sorry. you? Could you also see? And this goes back to him talking about like just like bigs being limited, especially younger at a younger age. Could it just be like most high schools that have basketball like? Most times, they're, they're uh, the coaches, like, it's, uh, it's the math teachers, the reading class teacher. It's not like they're dedicated to basketball and they watch basketball, like, you know, religiously. Well, I think that I think you need that because sometimes budgeting, you got to have the math teacher. And, you know, you're not going to get – most of the ball players are trying to go overseas or go pro. Right. So who else is going to coach the kids? So I kind of understand it, you know, but I think, like, they should be going to camps, talking right. to pros, you know, and – Let's get like the American basketball back at a high level. How do you think we incorporate that? <laughs> How do we incorporate that? Because I remember in 2K14, the video game, uh -huh. you can play with a 17-year-old Luca. Yes. How, how does America incorporate the younger people being able to play with the pros outside of like just an open run or something like that? I agree. That's a good point. I agree. Um, you just got to be open-minded. You know, this is the future. You know, the iPhone is here. You know, <laughs> they still texting on... You know, the beepers, the buzzers. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, this is innovation now. Yeah. Be open-minded, you know, and I think um, let the young people kind of get involved and make it some decisions mm -hmm. to keep it more fun. 
On the topic of player development, what's the first what's the first thing that you start with when trying to develop a player? Well, it depends on the age. Let's let's start with a a young kid. Let's say sixth grade. Sixth grade, what, 11 years old? I think so. 11, 12, something like that. I mean, at that point, you want to start your calisthenics. You know, your, your triple threat, your, your triple threat, your jabs. You want to um, you want to give the footwork, because the quicker they get the footwork, it'll be natural. Right. Now let's take that sixth grader. He's, he's did, he did that for a couple years. Now he's a freshman in high school. Now what is he focusing on? You still focus on your fundamentals, I think. Still getting your body stronger. And I think your work, you're looking at your deficiencies and where you're weak at, right? And now you're 13 years old. If you work on it by the time you're 15, your weaknesses should be strengths by that time. Right. As a, when you were coming up as a teenager, what type of sacrifices and work did you put in? Because I, we look at the game, and a lot of times, guys like yourself, people we grew up watching, y'all made the game look so easy that I don't really think people that, especially young kids, understand how much work has to go into being an NBA player. That's the, t that's the top, it, it's a very small, and I know a lot of kids here, and it's only a small percentage of people that's gonna make, make it to the NBA, but when you sit and really think, because I have a, a younger brother in high school, and I'm trying to get him to understand the sacrifices and the amount of work that you have to put in. So what was it like for you as a 15, 16-year-old trying to work on your game, trying to develop ball handling, knowing that you're a center, but that's not what you're going to be at the next level? What was that like? I was probably working at 15 years old. I was already playing with men. I, I was probably working out three times a day at that time. Okay. I was playing all day and then running sometimes, then playing other sports working on my game, you know what I mean? So I was playing maybe three times all day, every day, every day. Just hooping. Just hooping and then working on my game. Okay. Because you know, you're playing the game, then somebody will take something away from you. you know, as a 15 year old, you're probably crying, right? Yeah. When you lose, you're like, oh, I can't believe I lost you. Tears. And you're gonna use that to get better. Right, motivation. Right? Use that to get better. <laughs> yeah. When we talk about the, the younger years of your life, I wanted to ask you, your Mount Rushmore of New York Hoopers. Because there's yeah. so, so much great, great talent out of, out of New York. I'm just curious for somebody that's been there, that lived that, that's one of the best to come out of the state. Who's, who's your Mount Rushmore? Well, I, I think it's like two sections. One is going to be legendary, and the one's going to be like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right. He made it to the league. Yeah. He's on the Mount Rushmore of New York City. Um, who else is on the Mount Rushmore? We're not going to say Michael. He was only there for six months. <laughs> okay. I, I like but, that. Um, I like that. But Kareem... I would say there's so many. I mean, Felipe Lopez. I mean, you even got a Pee Wee Kirkland. Um, uh, you got um. Wait, before you go on, for so, the people that don't know Felipe Lopez, uh, who is he? Oh yeah, Felipe. Well, Felipe Lopez was like LeBron James Woo! for us. <laughs> yeah, he was like our, and he was every every year, every couple of years, you get like a, a big star. Yeah. And LeBron, Felipe, yo. He was nice. He was nice. He was nice. I feel like he should have went pro at high school. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm hearing that we got a couple more minutes left. I got to slide this in here. Uh -huh. Just a little, a little talk about music. So on Twitter, I've had the privilege of being able to communicate with your brother, Daniel. Oh, yeah. We've talked on Twitter spaces. You know, he pulled me to the side one time, like, man, I like the way you talk about the game. Yeah. You know, you, you got an older mind, so we were shopping it up. 
he was telling me to ask you about a reggae song y'all had when <laughs> y'all was kids. Yeah, that was one of our first songs. I think he was, I think I was 12 and he was nine. Oh, y'all made a reggae song. Yeah, we did a reggae song. <laughs> I can't remember it, but I remember we, he, he said it. He said, I'm not playing no oh, more. Oh, I'm not, I'm not playing no more. <laughs> it was like, I'm not playing no more. <laughs> What was we the, was doing it like we was Jamaicans. It was funny. You still into the music? I like. I love music. You know, just being from Queensbridge, the culture. Um, I, I love music, and I was. I got like maybe 500 songs. I got so many songs. It's crazy. Hey, we might have to hit you up. <laughs> I got so many. Hey, I'm gonna songs. tell you right now. I I don't know about them. I used to blast champions. Champions, champions, champions on, on 2K. Oh, Come on now. Come on. Oh man. man. I wish I would have took it a little more serious, but I still love. You know, the business part of music. Mm -hmm. I still love the mentorship part. Uh, and then I, I like listening to my songs sometimes, you know. I'm not, I'm not rapping. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get on stage. Right, right, yeah. That, that part over. Right, right, right. But I did have a lot of shows <laughs> when I was playing a lot, but it was yeah. fun. Do you have any favorite current day rappers? Current what? Current day rappers. Do you have any favorites? Um, I'm not listening as much, but I do like certain songs. I hear the beats. Okay. I'm, I'm more, honestly, I'm more like into like digital analytics and stuff now. Like I, uh, that's like every day for me right now. Yeah. So I'm not like listening to music. Right. But I do, I, I got rhythm still. So if I hear a hot beat, you know, I'm not going to just, you know, I, I understand it's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it true that you dropped champions before you won the championship? Yeah. Like, come on now. Supreme confidence. Come on, man. He knew yeah. it was coming. He knew it was Last coming. Yeah, we, I did champions in 2009, January 30th. Uh, yeah, way before. Right. That's way before the finals. What's the off-season like after winning a championship? What are you doing? How long are you turning up, celebrating, and enjoying that whole celebration of winning a championship? I enjoyed it. You know, um, I partied a lot that that off-season. We actually came back the next season worse. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was playing back. You got a good excuse. <laughs> but it was good, man. For me, it was just like, yeah, I want to win two. I want to win three. But I won one. And it took me so long to get there. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. Because <laughs> not everybody's going to win one. A lot of people would never touch the final score. And not, not even just, sure. like, I won't be remembered, not even just one one. You hit the shot, man. You hit the shot. Yeah. Against, hit the the rival. shot. Against the rival. Man. Hey, it was a big game. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was really a great moment. Game. A great moment. Because, you know, that, that year I was averaging eight points. Yeah. Sometimes I would get two points. <laughs> But that game I had 20 was nice to have it to yeah. finish off with a 20 piece. Yeah. I see you, baby. So it was dope. It was yeah. good. Well, OG, we appreciate you. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. of course. Thank Always you. great job with us. Yes, sir. Thank Round you, of applause yeah. for Metal World Hello, Peace. Woo, I want to give a shout out to Daniel Artes for helping me with that question, man, bringing it up. Um, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you, OG. Thank Hopefully you to everybody that came out. Thank you, y'all. Appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all go over there and check out the Creator League. It's about to go up. Shout out to the Creator League. And uh, that's a wrap, man. Much love, much love. Yes, sir. Shout out, baby. Thank you, OG. That's for you. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you. Woo! Oh, we got more.